Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. Oh, the look you're giving me. I'm doing an intro and Chelsea's here, so it's going to be an awkward intro for me. Hey, Chels. Hi. What if you didn't say anything? That would have been weird. Uh, okay, so this is the Rob Delaney episode. Uh, you made it weird.com. We got uh, t-shirts up. What did you say on the t-shirt link? Lord help us all. Lord, Lord save us. is not a fan. <laughs> Listen to me. Don't buy a shirt that says "Keep It Crispy," okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm putting out shirts that say in caps, "Do not keep it crispy." No, everybody wants to keep it. Cri- they're they're selling well. That's embarrassing for the United States of America. <laughs> I hope I think they're selling well. I, I, ho- I hope they're selling well. I actually don't know. Uh, watch Ugly Americans. That's something else I plug. Have you ever done voices on that? Go to Chelsea V. Peretti at Twitter. Oh, God. Go to at Chelsea V. Peretti. Uh, my tour dates are on PeteHolmes.com. I'm going to be at the Madhouse Comedy Club in San Diego, May 4th and 5th. Laughing Skull, Atlanta. Salt Lake City Wise Guys. Comedy Attic, Indiana. And then Helium in Portland. Those are all on my website. Uh, this show is brought to you by Amazon.com. If you go to Nerdist.com and then find the show and then click on the Amazon banner and then shop as you normally would, uh, that's a good way to help the show. Or, or, or go and buy 18 t-shirts at YouMadeItWeird.com. Chelsea has 14 of the baby girl uh, v-necks. You sound very professional. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't think it fits in here, I'll take it home. But I have, I have a... I think it's hilarious. I, uh... Oh. Here, put these on. As I've said on the show before, uh, I have a lot of photos of me up in my apartment, mm-hmm. and it's creepy as shit. Yeah. If you came over my house, Rob, and you were a lady, mm-hmm. and I was a man, yeah, and you saw lots of like fucking promotional posters, <laughs> how fucking psycho am I? Very. That would, I yes, it would bum me out bad. Would it bum you out? Oh yeah. Let's paint a, li- a picture. Okay. You're an Asian woman named Tiffany. Oh, God, I like it already. You're a big fan. Yeah. You're very tall. I am. You're, you're like 6'5". Uh-huh. You're just a little shorter than me. <laughs> and you're on the volleyball team at UCLA. Mm-hmm. Sure. Old Tiff, they call you. Yep. And you're a big fan of me, mm-hmm. of mine, and you come home to my place, and now you're seeing them. Yes. Still creeped out? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... I- <laughs> I still have my head in old Tiff, and so yes, and I, I have my own prejudices, <laughs> which is like I don't like to have pictures of me up. There are some up that my wife has put up. Yeah, I'm not well, gonna, like, take them down. What but. did I just do there? Uncovered the problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if you we were got let, to well, the actually, root. I, I don't, I don't even mean to imply that w- women and wives are wonderful. But mm-hmm. if you were a single man, yes. How many photos of yourself would you have up? Any? Uh, I'm not more than like 30, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like Mike Lowry. Do you get that reference? Uh, uh-uh. Bad Boys. 
Haven't seen it. Will Smith. Ba- oh, I know what it is. Great film. Okay. I'm calling Bad Boys a film. <laughs> a seminal film. Mike Lowry had a lot of pictures of himself up, and then Mike mm-hmm. Lawrence has to pretend to be Mike Lowry. I use the character name for Will Smith and, sure. the, and the real name for Michael Lawrence. That's fine. And uh, is that right, Michael Lawrence? Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, Martin Lawrence has to... I'm, I'm boring myself. You okay. have a beard. How's it going? Very well, thanks. Yeah. I have nice a, a beard. thick beard. I had uh, Alan... Alopecia areata. I was stricken with it a couple years ago. And you're, that's the old timey cure is to grow a beard. You have to grow a beard for it. No, I lost alopecia. You know, we hear about it, we know it and love it as a disease, and but we fear it. Yeah. I don't know about it. I don't love it. You ever seen a person with just no hair at all? Like no eyebrows or anything? Oh, that's alopecia? That's alopecia. Alopecia areata is just patches of it, and you can get that. And oh, it can no. just show up unannounced. Oh, no. So I, I got that on my face. So if I shaved every day, you didn't really notice that I had it. But if I didn't shave for a few days, you'd be like, hey, there are gaping holes in your once Did small luxurious attack beard. just parts of your beard? I wish... I could blame it on an external thing, but it was a disease that my dirty body made. You're, well, come on. I'm a dirty man. And, uh, it's not caused by filth. Uh, no, it they was generated say, by. They say it's caused by stress. Oh, you know what, man? Yeah. You what? know what? Let's join at the communal table. If we're going to this restaurant, okay. we're not going to wait for a two top. Let's Understood. sit at this communal table. Let's. I had that. Oh, okay. When I was in high school. Okay. Fucking bald spot on the side of my head because I went to a weird hippie dippy Quaker school, K through eight, and then I go to regular high school, regular okay. public high school, bells, tests, sure. running around, youth, street yeah, yeah, yeah. youth, skateboard, Massachusetts, Lexington, right next door. What are you informed? Are yeah. you from there? I'm from Marblehead. Marblehead? Yeah. Tarred and feathered and carried in a cart by the women of Marblehead? <laughs> yeah, that's me. Is that a Hawthorne reference? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, <laughs> but we're right next to Salem Village where there's I know. a large... Well, Salem Village is Salem itself. Yeah, you're right. How do you know that? I know. I grew up here. Okay. I was also a reenactor and I worked in Understood. Salem. That's yeah. true. A revolutionary reenactor. No, a witch trial reenactor. Oh, okay, so 1692. Fucking April nineteenth, sixteen ninety two. The Bridget, uh, the trial of Bridget Bishop. Wait, can you identify this quote? Who, who said it? More weight. Uh, Giles Corey. Yeah, the old Giles Corey right. joke that he was being pressed to death, mm-hmm. and we all used to joke. What if he was saying, "No, wait." Uh, Somebody has a bit about that. Where uh, oh fuck that person. Uh, forever. <laughs> I wish I could remember who it is. But he said. Uh, how badass it to go out with a joke. Yeah. To just like have your final words be like, no. Okay, more that is weight. super badass. I was just imagining like a comedian in like I- Illinois at the <laughs> improv having to set the scene and be like, all right, so it's too. Yeah. We're not sure if it's a wheat disease that's yeah. making people hallucinate. But anyway, I mean, Whoa, like, that's your, the, is that your fave theory? Uh, that's, uh, I mean, that's a leading theory. I don't really care. I mean, people get hysterical Do you even ever, today. You know, it's funny. I think about it all the time as, as people who listen to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, will know that I go from uh, back and forth all the time, pinging and ponging mm-hmm. between everything is meaningless. That's a fun little uh, uh-huh. hat to try on. Sure. And also, uh, everything is magical. And yeah. sometimes I like to just, I'm serious, like yesterday or the day before, I was like, what if those witch trials, what if there was something, what if something was going on? Yeah. Because you know what uh, they said? One of my favorite witch quotes was they talked about they lived in Salem mm-hmm. and they said, uh, you don't fact check this. Just hear the spirit of what I'm saying, sure. not the facts. I'm talking to the listeners. Sure, sure. Now. They used to say, let's say they went to Boston right. to uh, have their seances or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And they said, how do you get to Boston so quickly? Because you leave Salem and you go to Boston in a night and you come back. Sure. And they said, 
we uh, sit on sticks and are there presently. That's mm. the quote. Okay. And one of my favorite theories that you never hear about, and yep. this is right up your, at least your Twitter persona's alley, <laughs> this is right up your Twitter persona's alley, is, uh, is people, we, we took that to mean that they fly on broomsticks. That's right. the Harry Potter, that's the cartoons sure. sort of thing. And then some people were like, we sit on sticks and are there presently. They were like, they're putting hallucinogens mm-hmm. on wooden brooms and... Dildaically. Dildaically. <laughs> Zero dil, dil, till dildaic. Yeah. Under 10 minutes, sure, dildaic sure. will happen in the yeah. Rob Delaney uh, podcast. <laughs> this is Rob Delaney, by the way. Hello, everyone. Twitter's own and comedy's lovely, huge headed child. Big head. Your head. My head's bigger than yours. Barely. Barely, but your head is a fucking big head. If uh, I bowled with your head, perfect game. <laughs> no way I'm missing a pin with that goddamn head. I actually have a fitted uh, Red Tox cap that I just bought. What is it? 28 and 3 sevenths? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's 7 and 3 quarters. Can I try it on? Yeah. Okay, th- I, this is a podcast. I was going to say radio. Mm-hmm. It's a little tight for me. Yeah, I'd okay. break it in, though. I feel Understood. like I would break it in. I had uh, a uh, five-eighths, and that didn't quite cut it, so I went up to three-quarters, and uh, I'm a the, lot happier. The curve of your brim. Not too curved? Hat. It's not too curved. This, to me, says, I know I've said Asian already. I've, made, I've, I've hit my quota for Asian jokes, but this looks like Asian tourist to me. Understood. Yeah. This looks like you could rest a martini on this <laughs> this, this, to me, says you have a child. Yeah, I But do. if you curved it too much, it would look like you had a skateboard. Right? I know. I don't like it when people curve it too much. I remember in high school, you know, we'd get a hat, and then you'd make sure, I gotta get the good yeah, curve, you know? Uh-huh. And so now I'm just sort of resisting can, that, and I may have gone too far. Can I ask you this? Please Growing don't. up in Concord? You grew up in Concord. Marble, no, Marblehead. Marblehead, yeah. Why did you said you said Concord? That's where I thought thought you I was from. from. Right, right, right. Sorry, I forgot. You're from Marblehead. Correct. Let me ask you if you were part of this Massachusetts phenomenon. And actually, I'm kind of curious if uh, people listening mm-hmm. were privy to this phenomenon. I went. To, I graduated high school in '97. I'm guessing you okay. graduated a little '95. '95. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. Two grown men. Pretty close. Yeah. In Massachusetts. Going to high school in the 90s, did you have, did all the jocks wear white baseball caps? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Ah, that said like cocks on them and stuff? Yep. Or, you know, they were, they were from one particular brand and they were for different colleges. Yes. Yeah. I felt so excluded. Not only was I not in their group, I didn't even know what the hat meant. I knew, I knew like that it said yeah. like buckle nuts. And totally like, buckle nuts. They were from like okay colleges that like yeah. played lacrosse or something. Like yeah. not even big, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was so isolating. Yeah. I used to yearn to get them. Yeah, I wanted to get. Oh my them. god, we called them. Are you ready for this? Yeah. We called them white hat boys. We called them white hats. Oh, I that's love crazy it. that yeah, you did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We called them the white. And hats. there was a bar called the White Horse Tavern. I think it was in Alston, and all those guys went to it, and we called it the White Hat Tavern. Fucking and, perfect. Uh, yeah. How crazy is that? It's pretty crazy. I'll never forget one time uh, we were in uh, Mr. Brown. Mr. Warren Brown gets uh-huh. a shout out on the cl- on the show today. Mr. Warren Brown was uh, my English teacher. Was one of my one of those uh, oh captain my captain game changing teachers for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember one class he just fucking called it out, and he was like we were talking about conformity mm-hmm. it was like look around the room how many people are wearing baseball caps and i mm-hmm. wasn't i was like mm-hmm. wearing like a fucking punk rock jacket because nice. i went through a phase and he was like and how many of them are white and i was mm-hmm. like oh my god this guy's fucking <laughs> ringing the bell yeah. nobody wanted to talk about it yeah. he called uh, them out i think those are the kids that were fucking were you fucking in high school having sex uh i think i had sex Three times in high school three times three individual on three With occasions different people Two two girls. So somebody wanted more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't get my 
penis inside women much in high school. That's three times uh, more than me. That's interesting. Oh, okay. How do you work that out? I'm, I'm, I know this isn't necessarily Rob Delaney specific. Right. Why we do I know that? We could talk about getting your beginning on Twitter. Leave that to the other podcasts. I want to know how young, huge head, size 38 mm-hmm. and a third, Boston Red Sox cap, marblehead youth, Robert Delaney. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, well, I had a girlfriend for a good while, and uh, so after after quite a while, we decided to have sex uh, What was her, what twice. Was her name? I will, certainly won't say it. Why? Uh, First name? No. Does just, it rhyme with Gobbin? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I just subscribe to the theory that I'm the clown, and the people in my life who you know are unfortunate to have had me move through theirs. Yeah, you know, that's interesting, man. Yeah, I was just. Can I interrupt? Please, kind of what I do on the show. Please do. I'm doing my laundry today, mm-hmm. and my my neighbor, who I think sounds a little bit like Ray Romano, that's important. Yeah. The story. I'm going out, and 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 he he's often home, and and I go by, and his door is open, and and we make chit chat. Sure, we make some chit chat. And I was going down the stairs, and I heard him go, hey, Pete. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on, Mike, I gotta, I gotta put it, I gotta put this in the laundry. And he goes, thanks. And I'm like, what? He goes, thanks for talking shit about me on, on blah blah blah. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I go, I'll be right back. I gotta put it because I had exactly the amount of time you need to do laundry. Right? Does that make sense? Yep. So I didn't have time to do the small talk until it was washing and bubbling. Sure. As we as we call it in the laundry in the laundry business, business. as Matt Bronker calls it, washing and bubbling. I say that because he tweet he used to tweet about laundry a lot, and we'd make fun of him. We'd be like, Oh, uh, that's funny because that's when he's killing time. <laughs> oh, Matthew Bronger, you'll bury us all. <laughs> so I put in the laundry, and as I'm putting it in, just like a movie, mm-hmm. just like a bad actor in a movie, I go. Think like out loud. I go. Think. Did you talk about your neighbor yeah. on the podcast? Yeah. I have. Yeah. I have. Yeah. Many times. No, like once or twice. Zero chance he listens to it. <laughs> Zero chance. Did I say he sounded like Ray Romano? Did I do the impression? Hey, Pete. <laughs> Did I? Uh, you're doing it right Jesus. now. Uh, well, it's happening now. I'm sure. okay with what I'm saying uh, right okay. now. I, I'm vetting what I'm saying right now. Right. So I come back and I'm thinking. I'm like, what did I say? What did I say? What did I say? And he was like. I said, thanks for talking shit about Maroon 5. That's what he said. Because I have a bit where I make fun of Maroon 5, and I was like, oh, I thought you said me. Oh, and then man. I told him everything that I said. So I'm, in, I'm actually, fuck your virginity stories. I'm interested in your privacy policy. Right. You have one? I do, yeah. How weird. <laughs> I know, right? No, see, the thing is, I'm people, just kidding. I'm, people I'm not, I don't think it's weird. People think that because I'm such an insane person on Twitter, and even in stand-up, I talk about <laughs> incendiary, hardcore, yep. heavy-duty stuff. I'm a. Pr- I try to be a nice guy. You well, know, you're a, you're a delightful person. Thank you're you. Very kind um, person. And I just respect the fact that, like, I've said I've fucked my privacy in the ass and then shot it in the head in yeah. an alley. And uh, but, but not uh, your others, pri- not your privacy. Okay, my. Uh, I don't know that much about you. I didn't know you were from Marble. You did, uh, and when you didn't remember, mm. right now I was surprised. I wasn't hurt, uh, but I was surprised. Uh, um, I'm, but, the, I'm the worst. <laughs> no, you're I, not. I just, you're the best. Are you oh, kidding me? I'm both. That's and we, what, in that's fact, what's we can true. even one thing that we could talk about that might be of interest to podcast listeners in a little bit is a couple of years ago when we were at South by Southwest, and I was going through. A really oh, that's hard on the time. list. That's on the list. Okay. I want to talk about it. one of the things that I love to do on the show is recreate helpful conversations. What whatever. Whatever the realm okay. was, so I would love to talk about that. But let's let's finish this privacy thing, right? Yeah. So I don't talk about like I'll talk about. I mean, obviously, I'm a husband and a dad, and I talk about that on stage. But I talk about uh, people more in the abstract, yes. Um, just because 
that's their call you know privacy is fucking awesome you know what i mean yeah and and, and it's a it's a precious commodity these days with you know the internet I actually and all that stuff find shedding it to be quite liberating for me it is you know but for others who are involved with me i i'm not going to make that decision for them if right. they want to then they're the please go bananas right. but i am not going to expose them to that on my own uh without their permission i suppose it could bite bite me in the ass for example talk, like if i did say something incendiary about my neighbor or something right which i which i haven't kate mm-hmm. katie i never called you kate in my life kate <laughs> uh so anyway this is my question for you yes. in this regard mm-hmm. is uh you tweet things like girl i want to break my dick i'm not i'm not trying mm-hmm. to say it's easy to do i'm sa- i'm trying to think of an example uh, girl, I'm gonna fuck you in the gunt. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like something you could tweet. You do Definitely. it. You do it better. But I mean, like, it's it's like this brand of thing. It's hypersexual. Yes. It's super testosterone-y. Yes. It's uh, it's very, it's couldn't be more tongue in cheek. The tongue and the cheek have merged into one thing. <laughs> it's like a complete joke on the idea of imagine if I was saying that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, girl, I want to smell your taint. All this sort of stuff. <laughs> that, these are these are my impressions. Bad impressions of your twi- Twitter persona. As a married man, let me just say quickly. Yes. I'll interrupt and say I would rarely use the word taint, perhaps almost never, because growing up in Massachusetts, maybe you, uh, maybe this was the case for you. We called it a grundle, and I only ah. heard the word taint fairly recently, and I don't really like it because the word grundle is so so much great. better. So, uh, we uh, also used to say nacha, nacha, nacha yeah. balls. Yeah. yeah, can I ask you this? Yes. You know that uh, popular spicy fried chicken dish you get at a uh, Chinese restaurant? No fried chicken at a Chinese restaurant. Yeah, well, I don't think of it as like a fried chicken. I think of it as uh, balls of chicken. It's a very traditional dish. I just don't want to say uh, it. General, remember. oh, general so. Yeah, but do you have you always said so? General so because I'm from Boston and we say general gow. It's a different wow. general, different general. Oh wow! It's I like how uh, Verner's the soda exists in oh, Illinois, funny. but and like we have General Gow. I think Boston is just such a stubborn place that we've oh, been sure. saying it wrong, and people have been like, "It's General So," and it's like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, totally. General Gow. Yeah, yeah. There's no G in no, the word. I still say, am I, I'll say like if I'm going to say talk about people that are from China, I'll say Chinese, and I'll hit the <laughs> S, which it's like my wife is like, I think they prefer Chinese, and I'm like, well, I okay, but it. it I'm saying Chinese, 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 Chinese. No, just Chinese, and it just sounds so Bostony, you know, and like freighted with yeah, they're yeah. not really people, they're Chinese, <laughs> and I get that, but it's always after it's already come out of my mouth. <coughs> Chinese. Here's my question. Well, speaking of your wife, mm-hmm. uh, she's a sweetheart, and I've met her, and she's lovely. Thank you. And she's the mother of your uh, born son. Sure, <laughs> sure is. Born son. Your born. Yep. Your yep. born son. He's alive. He's, he's an alive there. man who did mm-hmm. that awesome photo I saw of him. Is incredible. <laughs> I love that photo. It's yeah. like he's doing the twist yeah. Na- naked. Yeah, he's it, naked it doing really the twist. Looks like your son. Yeah. Uh, does she, what? What is the relationship there? I, I'm interested in that boundary. Oh, okay. Where if you want to tweet, like you could. Uh-huh. I'm not saying you would, but if you wanted to tweet, I want to. Uh, I don't know what it is about today. I'm just in the mood to jizz on seven Asian girls' faces. I'm right. sorry for being in an Asian barrel right now. Uh, let's change it. Th- seven Italian girls' sure. faces. Filipino. You could say that. Yeah. You could tweet that. Right. You wouldn't hesitate to tweet that. Yeah. Uh, you need to know, at least in my uh, understanding, there are a lot of people that don't live in a reality like that. That like they don't have wives that will be like, "That's yeah. his persona." Yeah. They'd be like, "Fuck you, man. That right. came from a place. What are you doing? What are right. you thinking? Yes. You're kind of." Uh, 
being weird to me right now. Right, what right. Are, you don't deal with that? Not too much. And I'm, I understand that I'm very, very lucky. My wife is hilarious. Mm-hmm. She is very, very funny and very smart and well-read. And she did improv in college. And she writes and reads and, you know, master's degree and sure. something or other. I, and, yes. uh, you know, so she's, she's overqualified. Yeah, you she's don't even need those things necessarily. Savvy and funny. So she'll, she would get upset if she thought a joke wasn't funny. She would if if I did a joke that were like lazy, then she'd that would offend her. She'd be like, "That's you can do better than that." But if it's filthy, she doesn't care as long as she thinks it's funny. So I've, I'm very fortunate. Yeah, you know. And the fact is, she knows me, and I know I t- tweet and do a lot of stand up like some libidinous monster, but. In reality, I'm a pretty boring dude. I mean, I don't even drink or smoke cigarettes, you know, and I'm a dad and I come home. I mean, you see what I look like right now. I'm no, like, I look. A, you sounded like me for a second. Be like, <laughs> I don't even drink or smoke cigarettes. <laughs> like, that's what all the cool but, kids know, are doing. Like, I look at my, my, my wife the other day. She's like, you know, sometimes she's, this was very funny. She goes, sometimes you dress like a little boy and sometimes you dress like a dad. And then she goes, but you never dress like a man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Which I can't. Oh, I my mean, God. I laughed for 20 minutes. And yeah. I only say that because you can tell by looking at me that my home life and personal life is boring. I yeah. mean, like, I just look like I have a white T-shirt. I, isn't that the appeal, though? I mean, aren't you this weird mascot? That gets on on uh, you know top of the dugout and screams like let's titty fuck Barbara Bush yeah. or whatever. But like the mascot costume you're wearing looks like a regular man. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is. <laughs> you and look I, like a you look like Mitt Romney or oh something. I do I know yeah you I look know. but like if you were a lumberjack with the yeah. beard you look really and I don't mean this in a bad way take it from a guy who looks pretty white bread himself mm-hmm. it's kind of fun maybe for people to go that guy looks like a regular guy and yet yeah. he's doing this kind of very kind of out there almost performance arty Twitter stuff yeah I mean people I get that because I know I look like a weatherman you know and then yes. I say the things and I, I but I think fairly quickly people get past that you know but it's all it's definitely part of the first initial encounter with me right certainly on stage is people are like what did he say i right. thought he was gonna right. you know, talk about mowing the lawn right, right right you do look like he should be our age as tim allen and be like <laughs> i don't know if it weren't for the garage i wouldn't have anywhere <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah why do they call it a weed whacker you can whack anything green with it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> one guy in the front like this guy's doing what I've been waiting uh, for. Uh, well, your Twitter picture uh-huh. looks like a naked man. Yeah, a naked man. <laughs> uh, Chinese. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I have on a the and that the with thing with that picture is I own that bathing suit. I legitimately wear it, but it's only <laughs> un, I wear it under my wetsuit because I live at the beach, and so I I'll swim in winter, and you got to wear a wetsuit, you know, if you want to stand there for any length of time. So I was getting ready to go in the ocean and put on my wetsuit, and my friend was like, "Hold it." Right there, uh, and uh, he took a picture. And that's was, great. And sent it to me, and I was like, "Geez, that is not a good picture. <laughs> I should use it for everything." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting transition. For those of you who haven't pieced this together yet, you uh, really blew up through Twitter, and that is something you can hear about. I'm sure on every interview you've ever done. Let's talk about that time in South by Southwest. Yes. What What is your recollection of it? Because mine is uh, kind of weird. But we were going to eat barbecue. Yeah, we were going to eat barbecue with, I think, Kristen Shaw and Eugene Merman and some other fun oh, folks, hey, Joe Mandy. Rob. 
and uh, and and so it, we it was a fair was a good walk. It was a good walk. And uh, I remember so the walk. There was a gang of comedians walking, and I uh, was having fun there, having good sets and stuff, and enjoying uh, stand up certainly. But I was submitting to every show to try to get a job as a writer. I still had a part time job working telemarketing, and uh, I was just and I was married, and my wife and I, you know, we wanted to have a baby. And, uh, you know, I was struggling, as mm-hmm. any comedian will, at, at more than one yeah, point. Yeah, but this likely. doesn't come up enough on the show, to be honest. Like, I, I've had people reach out and be like, I'd like to, t- I'd like to hear a little bit oh. more about this time in your life. That's why I'm, okay. very, I'm very happy. Well, it's a great time. It's, a, it's a, a, a fertile time, you know, and you have to have it. People, What do you mean by that? Why is it fertile? You've got to... You have to have physical pressure on you. That's so great. Saying stop, stop doing comedy. You, there should be signs in your life, and they should there should be and they should be myriad, and they should be pressure on you, like James Cameron at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, eight thousand pounds of squ- pressure per square inch pressing on you, saying fucking quit, and oh you have God. to say no, no, no. You have to let that compact you and tighten you, oh and you God. have to not quit. That's part of it because we see people quit all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So the perseverance, it's got to be a combination. There, to succeed in comedy, you have to have a combination of positive traits and negative traits that might kill you in other arenas yeah. because you have to have be willfully ignorant. You have to be saying no and when everybody else is saying, yeah, you got to quit, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. and so uh, at that time, I was having a really hard time paying bills and uh, convincing my wife that this was a worthwhile path, you know? It's so... Can I... Uh, I have this conversation with people on the road and stuff, uh-huh. like when I, when I meet other comedians... And just hearing them talking about, especially with a partner, like a, a spouse, yeah. I think that just happens to be the mirror. You might be getting it from your family. You might be getting it from your friends. Yeah. But you're certainly going to be getting it from someone you've decided to legally share your life sure. with. Mm-hmm. And it's a really difficult thing. I remember thinking at a time when you're early on and nothing's really broken for you, where you don't really yet fully believe in yourself. Yeah. And you have to kind of convince someone to do it first, almost. Like, you're, yeah. you're asking your partner to, to believe in you yeah. when you go through bouts where you don't believe in yourself. Right. And maybe both of you will be in those dips at the same time. Mm-hmm. Maybe one will be up and the other will be down. But, like, it's a really difficult thing. Yeah. So, yeah. go, yes, go. Yeah, so, I mean, and to speak about that, because it might be useful to people, is, is she would wax and wane with that. She's a person, thank God. So sometimes she'd be the person being like, I remember one time we went to see, uh, this was probably five years ago, went to see Lucha Vavoom. And uh, that's the, oh, you have to see it. It's the Mexican burlesque, uh, it's the Mexican wrestling slash burlesque show that um, Blaine Capatch hosts four times a year downtown. What? Can't believe you don't know what it is. You're going to freak out when you first see it. What? It's such a huge LA institution. Oh my God, you got to see it. Yeah, this show could be called P doesn't know what you're talking about well i'll tell you what i mean i don't mean to be like you dumb jerk i no. mean but i will say when you do see it leave gonna, that to the internet right <laughs> when you do see it another good thing about coming up in in or in this time period in this generation is the internet you have so many people telling you to fuck off and kill yourself and yeah. i think that's fantastic for an upcoming comic <laughs> I, I genuinely do you do oh yeah i'm of the point now where and uh, i think you'll understand this do you remember at the end this to me is like i think about this a lot when mm. i'm like looking for motivation and it's the end of Back to the Future when Doc Brown comes back from the future and he has, instead of uh, having to 
I forget what they fuel the uh, DeLorean with in the beginning when they first go back to 1955. But at the, yep. is it gasoline or I, they have to get no, going it's, uh, 88 it, miles? In the first one? Oh, nuclear. It's nuclear, yeah. That's why the Russians Libya, are, yeah. are Libyans. So anyway, so but when he goes to the future, he finds a thing banana peels where you can just power it with trash. The Mister Coffee, yeah, exactly. So he just whatever. He's like, oh, we don't need that anymore, Marty, yeah. Marty. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. Just throw trash in there, yeah. and so I've thought, okay, I just I have to have that future power for the flux capacitor that Doc Brown found yeah. in the future. So anything you give me, if is it a mean YouTube comment? Is it a fuck you on Twitter? Apply, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Is it my wife, you know, doing something, or is it me? I have to turn that into positive. So I just well, that's throw what's it in interesting. Thing. That's what's interesting about your abyss analogy. Mm-hmm. I think that was an abyss analogy. All the pressure pushing in on sure, you and sure. stuff, getting yeah. all those no's and mm-hmm. stuff. I think we have different philosophies i wonder i wonder Great. which is cool mm-hmm. because i'd rather hear yours i've represented my own many many times okay and i don't know if that's been heard on the show yet but i i i i'm more of the thing where you have to like block those things out almost you're you're taking a no or a fuck you and stuff mm-hmm. and converting it into energy i imagine to use another uh film analogy like superman blowing on something and it freezes yeah i like to like if somebody says no i like to blow on it with superman air and turn it into to that no turns into frozen and n and o and then i crush it up and i snort it and then go kill on stage <laughs> that's like i just what a bizarrely different yet similar ego we have i know right <laughs> well, it's just it's so it's so hard not that anything that you have to perform at a high level to do isn't you know but but with comedy i as much as i love it and as happy as it makes me there's nowhere to hide on stage so you better fucking prepare and then when you're up there you better give it your all or you'll suck and you will be rightfully torn to pieces that's so, interesting again i kind of find myself disagreeing good i'm I, glad yeah me too it's interesting radio i call this radio mm-hmm. you know why because i was just talking to somebody about there's nothing worse than trying Mm. What do you think about that? Sure. I, I wonder if you agree with that, but at the same time, don't consider giving it your all uh, synonymous with trying. No, yeah, you're right. Uh, because then, you know, going that's... on stage and being like, this is how I'm going to begin. Like, thinking back to the days when I had a set list and at the top of it, it said, how are you folks doing tonight? Oh, you know wow. what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that idea of the artifice, I, like needing to shed it. Sure, I sure. love going up on stage now and saying, I'd really like to do well and I don't want to work for it. Can we reconcile that? Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Just yeah, being yeah, completely yeah. honest and, and not trying whereas back in the day i'd go up and hit him with a one-liner sure be like now nah, i'm gonna get the momentum going and spin the plates and stuff now that just makes me be like no i would never hide on stage you hide from me right that's what you do as an audience yes i don't hide you hide and i don't try you try sure okay now i think that's okay <laughs> to think because we have to use different constructs and stuff to get and, and yes. to get into the space yes to get we're up both there. going the same place so with that, you know, you're talking about how you used to do all these things and now you don't. Well, you might not do them anymore, but you did them in the past and those their ghosts are swirling around and you You mean the noggin. effort ghosts. Yeah, the effort ghosts. So you uh it's sort of like they say, you know, you learn the rules and then you can forget them. But That's you never a, really forget them. You know, it's fucking perfectly put. Well done. So <laughs> <laughs> so it's true because that stuff is somewhere in my subconscious, right? And I'm yoga. going like, don't try. But you know, you're on. Stage. This is something interesting. Sometimes I'll get on stage.
stage and I'll be try- not trying to a fault. Uh-huh. And then what you're saying right now completely resonates with me. And I go, oh, shit, I have to do stand-up. Sure, sure. Like, you can't just go out and just be a right. person. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to get to the point where you can go out and just be like, hey, laugh at whatever I'm doing. I, but there's still going to be like, could you say something interesting? I've got a story that, that you'll like, and Hit especially it. being from Boston. Boston. I, uh, I had a very crazy experience where I, uh, I sang the national anthem for the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park. What? I sang the national anthem. Yes. Here's why. I studied musical theater for years, and when I first graduated college, my first jobs were like, I played Sir Lancelot in the national tour of Camelot. So I sang a lot. What? Yep. It's what I really thought I wanted to do. And uh, (laughs) so, but that's (coughs) less important. Uh, Except if you can help me with the code word... uh, West Virginia a little later. I'll tell you some more musical theater stuff yeah. that'll be helpful. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I did musical theater for a long time, blah, blah, blah. And I get out to L.A. And then a friend of mine who works for the Red Sox says, hey, uh, there's 162 Major League Baseball games a year per team. We can't get Josh Groban for every single one. Uh, we need, you know, schmucks to populate the whatever games. So w- would you send us a CD of you singing the National Anthem? So I recorded myself singing the national anthem. I sent it in. They said, "Yeah, great. Come sing at this Detroit Tigers did you, game." That CD? Did you really go for it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got an accompanist to record. I mean, like studio. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to do it. I mean, I you know grew up loving the Red Sox. So, so anyway, so so then I go to sing the national anthem for the friggin' Red Sox. And I mean, you know, Fenway sells out every game. You know, the tickets are a bajillion dollars. Yeah. For, and they sell out every game. Unlike the Dodgers, nobody goes here. I mean, it's but Fenway, right. it's amazing. It's a right. fucking cathedral it's yeah. so beautiful and amazing right so and we're gonna rob it wait yeah. sorry so uh wouldn't that be great yeah. i uh i love that movie um, yeah me too the and, lindas uh, want you to go home <laughs> great line um and so i uh i you, go to sing the national Anthem, yes and they it's the place is older than sin and they, their <laughs> pa is from like 1939 and so when you sing, when you said that, I thought personal assistant. I was like, "How oh, long right. have I been oh, in LA?" Yeah, public, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, your PA, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, public address." Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. So when you sing, uh, you hear an echo because the PA bounces off like the green monster, and so you're singing, and you're going like, "Oh, say can," and then a, like a one point two three seconds later, you hear your echo echo much louder than it ever came out of your mouth. Uh-huh. So you're competing with your echo. So you're trying to sing the national anthem, which Fuck. by all accounts is one of the hardest songs i mean it's like a youtube channel all the fucking yes. people screw it up so you're having to like do a duet with yourself in off syncopated time man. so it's incredibly hard and i oh was so God. nervous i was so nervous that i almost blacked out literally so wait during during singing the song you yeah. almost blacked out during. oh yeah yeah oh i had tunnel vision oh it was can i ask awful. you that whoa can yeah. i ask you did you rehearse on the field before you did it yes i did and so you knew I that it knew would be coming what back to happen i knew how awful and terrifying it would be but the only reason i told this story is because as a performer like Wait, I tunnel vision Oh yeah, yeah. Is is you can't bring the conclusion home yet. I have more thought. Well, here this is. I I think it'll be worth it. What I say here is, I realized 
I'm very nervous. Me, Rob Delaney, this person. It's like an out-of-body yeah, experience. who grew up not far from here is a, with a mother and father and a sister and all this it's stuff. It's all flashing before yeah, you. Yeah, it's like this person, this human vessel is nervous. Yes. However, a game of baseball needs to be played between the Red Sox and the Tigers. There are 60,000 people here who need the game to be played. I'm sorry, it's like 35,000. It's 60,000 at Dodgers who are here and they need the, it's a, a population of a small city is here to see this game so you have to perform the service of of the song being sung so the game can be played so i just tried to think of myself as like a cog in the wheel of the universe and i was like lord let the anthem come through me that this game may commence you know so i literally was like it's not about me this has to happen and i literally became like a performer bot and jesus it man so what now, a, the good news is, is because of that, now what am I going to get nervous on stage yeah. in front of a hundred fucking people at a comedy club? No, I'm not. You're invincible you know? now. It, not invincible, but my threshold's a little higher. Yeah, for, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, what a fucking tremendous, oh, medi- so it's almost like bananas. meditative. You kind of yeah. left your body a little I, bit. I, it, I had to go to a higher power. I had to be like, it's not about me, this guy. He's nervous. Doesn't yeah, matter. That, this has to happen. What? What is that? That yeah. sounds like how people fought wars and stuff, <laughs> or like how they dropped bombs. Something incredible, like not to, it wasn't a bomb, but I, I not something horrible. Something Rockets, good. red glare. So, ah, something bigger than yourself. You mm-hmm. had to get into that state. How old were you? Twenty six. Fuck at the time, you, maybe. man. Oh, fuck me in the ass. Twenty six. Yeah. No, I was twenty seven. And what does tunnel vision mean? Like it got black around yeah, the like, periphery. You know how if you are have the spins, or if you're going to faint, like maybe if you gave blood and then decided to try and play baseball. You mm. know, has you ever, that ever happened where your vision starts to cloud? Yeah, out? I think I know what. It, I don't think I've had a good case of it, but I think I, I know. Think what we that can means. produce it in you after the uh, podcast. That is insane. Yeah, and you so did it. I did it, and, and then I did it many it more times. You did. Not. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did it, and then I came and did it times. for the Dodgers because then I heard what? The, yeah, then a friend of mine said, "Oh, the Dodgers are looking for people," so I sent them a DVD of me doing it at Fenway. And That's got to be a door opener, I know, right? I felt I always felt like a jerk, like I was yeah. like, Would "Not have me oh. do it." And uh, what's your key? Uh, a flat. A flat's a good yeah, key. It is. And uh, but then at Dodger Stadium, it's super modern. They have they've figured out their PA, so there's no echo. You have an accompanist playing into a monitor in your ear in the key of your choice, which, yeah. as I said, is A flat. <laughs> and, uh, and they even have the words up right in front of you, so you can read them. In Fenway, you got to know the words. Uh, and yeah, then but you're joking. Your but man, like, look, I can't even begin to compete or not compete. Compare, mm-hmm. kind of Freudian. I'm not competing. Mm-hmm. The idea, though, that when I did uh, like a late night show, sure. If I do a late night show, yeah. I have them put extensive bullet points. On jokes that on my normal set list, it would say, uh, whatever. Hammer. Hammer. Yeah. And I talk for 20 minutes. Right. You do it on a TV show, and it says, Hammer. Growing up with hammers, yep. MC Hammer, like every yep. everything with little transitional tricks so I don't mm-hmm. blank. Sure, sure. Hey. I totally get the idea that you'd be like, oh, say, can you say? Mm-hmm. And you're like, shit. Yeah. I yeah, just yeah. did an audition yesterday where I jumped a block of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's one of the worst feelings in the world. That was just an yeah. audition. You got 35,000 people, 60 at Dodger. No wonder yeah. you know the stats. You got to know how nervous to be. Right, exactly. Calibrate properly. Does it feel great? 
Or are you? Yeah, because you feel like well. Also, there's so much history, and I, I love baseball. To... I mean, so so you just feel like oh, you're just a tiny part of a thing that is in fact important and and great for a lot of people. You know? I have to think though that if you know in like Minority Report or uh, what's the other one with Ray Fiennes, Strange Days, Strange Days. Yeah, that when in the future when we can simulate things. Have you ever wire tripped? Have you ever? Ah, uh, exactly. <laughs> I bet no, if there were wire tripping, if there were some sort of virtual reality thing where yeah. you can like do something sexual or, or mm-hmm. kick your boss in the nuts or have people tell you you're great i bet in the top 25 sing the national anthem at, at fucking fenway would yeah. be in the top 25 no doubt yeah. hitting the fucking land of the home of the free land of the what was brave it? see is i'm the fucking word, up yeah. the words home, land, land of the of free, free and the home of the, of the brave. brave i stand up for it by the way yeah, i just like good. to point out no it's fantastic yeah. i take my hat off too sure you do and i sing along yeah that's a third one. Yeah. That's that's a three. That's a hat trick. Yeah, that's, Take off your that's hat a trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible, man. It was a lot of fun every time. And it Did was you never... ever mess up? I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't mean to be like I obvious. never flubbed big. There were times <laughs> when I was like, that could have been better. But I hit every note. Right, you know? right, right. Um, no word mess ups. No, no, nothing like that. I mean, the fantasies. How are you sleeping the night before? If you were to do it tomorrow, would you sleep like a log? Uh, Sawn logs? I don't know. I don't remember. My sleep doesn't get affected too much by things. What will happen is I'll be excruciatingly tired before big things, and then after, I can't sleep for two days. That's an interesting phenomenon. I actually get that before big shows. People are like, are you okay? I'm like, I I forget what it's called, but it's almost like the adverse reaction. Yeah, totally. You're super excited, Mm -hmm. and your body's like, all we can do, all we have to offer you is we can shut it all down. Exactly. And you're like, yeah, please shut it all down. In fact, when my wife had a baby... My um, wife! Sorry. <laughs> uh, isn't that funny? Like, saying, like, Barat stuff, like, it was so funny, then it was unfunny. And, and was now funny it's again. funny again. So, I'm so glad you understand. <laughs> but, uh, so, when my wife, the thing that they do now, like, we grew up watching movies where people were going like, he, he, like, Lamaze breathing. Yeah, yeah. I forget what the thing is now. It's a different technique. Lamaze has fallen out of favor, and there's one where, what you try to do is just super mega relax because your body basically knows what to do yeah and uh so you just try to relax everything so that the uterus can contract and blast that baby right out of here oh really yeah. oh i you know it's funny i thought you were talking about like you do lamaz breathing before you sing and then i was like why are you uh, having a baby right, a vocal You're saying, baby like, is that what your wife did when she had the baby yeah she uh she did super this relaxed method. i'm trying to think of what i can't i wish i could remember the name of the method but in any case yeah you just do your best to truly relax everything so did she take the dural she didn't. She uh, did it totally naturally. What is going on there? Hippy dippies? No. Uh, I think, you, and I say hippy dippies with love. I, I think yeah, that would be really cool. I think she just wanted to try it and then... Old school. Yeah. And then for another info tidbit, you know, it's funny. If you put Rob Delaney into Google, I didn't figure this out. Somebody told me this and I was like, what the fuck? You're in a safe place. Friend. But uh, Oh, it, no. Was, I've, was I've Googled you? myself, was certainly. <laughs> but I, it, had, I had lo- it had lost its appeal before they came out with the predictive thing yep. where it fills yep. it in for you. I love that stuff. Yeah. So now stuff. when you do this, it's like Rob Delaney wife because people are like, apparently are like, well, who's this guy's wife? So I'm going to give well, you some other fun fodder. Uh, my wife is incredibly strong and we We've done um, 
a lot of races, a lot of like half marathons and races. I thought when you said we've done a lot of races that you guys were swingers yeah. and you liked yeah. keeping it. A lot of blacks. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Native Americans and we're big on Pacific Islanders. Great, great, they're a great race. But, uh, a lot of races yeah. together. She's very strong. <laughs> she, she, she can handle it. She can take it. But, uh, no, she, uh, I, but, I mean like stamina wise. So I wasn't surprised. I was of course impressed and totally blown away, but I wasn't surprised when she delivered uh, naturally because like we did a not too long before she got pregnant we did a, a 14 mile race in Malibu Creek Canyon with it had like a 3,000 foot elevation gain it was a hateful race it mm. was awful mm. and she beat me by a little over a half an hour and I mean that's how much of a furious it was so great when she got pregnant because it like slowed her down she was almost she a normal person cross the finish line and watch an episode of Perfect Strangers before I got there the, yeah. and then the whole episode yeah. and be like oh do you want to know what happened yeah. or and you like, probably ah. want some watermelon yeah. Or something. That's badass. Yeah, she's deeply badass. Were you okay? Are we in a hospital or are we doing a midwife? Uh, we were in a hospital. We might one day have one at home, but we figured for the first one we'd have it at a hospital. Give it a or, whirl. Or she would have Give it at it a hospital. Whirl. Yeah. Uh, no. So you're in the room. We're in the room. Did she flip out? No, she was cool. You know, she. Uh, we stayed at home for most of the labor. Um, and what? Yeah, so because water now. Broke. Uh, no, the water broke in the hospital. She, her water, although she was in labor for a while, the water broke later. It wasn't like water broke and then went into labor. She Sometimes was in labor, labor for comes hours. First. Yeah, oh, and so so we were. Uh, it was funny, you know, because actually, since his birthdays soon we uh we didn't we were worried that we might have a baby on april 1st and uh i said to the doctor I was like how can we make it happen earlier because i don't want him to be born or her to be born we didn't know by the way it, on april 1st because then people will be like happy birthday april fools jerk and, you know what's uh, funny is my birthday is march 30th okay because my whole life I love jokes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I yeah. wished I had been born on uh, April 1st. <laughs> I really wish my mom had just kind of oh, held out. Don't you wish that? Yeah, so we went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, yeah, you're out of amniotic fluid, and the fluid you have in there is old and rotten, yes. so you have to have the baby. And uh, so if you don't have it by tomorrow, we're going to induce you, and then you'll have the baby. And I was like, wait, can you make sure it comes out quick because we don't want to have it April 1st? And she was like, you know what? I can't. Why don't you let me be a doctor and you shut up? Ha. And uh, I was like, the, okay but anyway so we tried to we tried to make her have the baby so we had her bounce up and down on a yoga ball we walked for miles we had her eat pineapples drink raspberry tea all these weird things we like rubbed pressure points and stuff and uh what yeah 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 we really tried to make it come out and it did it worked the raspberry boy. tea worked i mean i don't know if it was those things it probably it was the bouncing up and down on the yoga ball and walking five miles when she was nine and a half months pregnant i think that might be what made it Whoa, come out of her body crazy all to avoid a comical birthday? Not all to avoid that. Oh, because, no, to avoid induction. Because the doctor said that oh, she would induce It makes her. much more sense. It makes much more sense. So, and then if you do, if you would get induced, then the likelihood of you needing to have an epidural or do other things uh-huh. rises. Because it's literally not uh, natural, I suppose. Yeah. Not you know. I was born, and you can probably tell, as a result of induction. My mom, I, my mom was pregnant with me for like eleven months, and the doctor was like, "We're getting him out," and so they put a needle in her arm with pitocin, they call it, and then uh-huh. I literally blasted out of my mom. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so same with my sister. Same with I think my wife also mm, was an inductee. Right. Into really, the hall of your huge head birth. blasting out. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, How uh, did, did she? Did it was it success? I want to know if she was like, I want to do this natural. 
Is it like the comedy where halfway through she's like, fuck you, give me the epidural? No, she was pretty cool. She, uh, Of course, she was in amazing pain, and she made noises, I guarantee, deeper than you or I have ever made. Like, I was like, this is Lower. amazing. Oh, yeah, it was fascinating. And it wasn't like a movie where it was like, get me out of here. I was more mega fascinated. Like, it was the greatest, greatest thing. It was yeah. Wow. Do you have... Here's a weird question. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people ask you things about, like, you know, your son and Mm -hmm. meaning of life and happiest thing. I'm wondering, did did you feel like you had front row seats to, like, just the miracle of life itself? Just kind of like the, the... Duncan Trussell called it the vagina elevator. You saw something come out of the vagina elevator yes. into the world. Were you, was it kind of cosmic feeling or was it all... It was. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Sure. Um, one thing that's funny... Can you try it, and say vagina elevator? Sure, vagina okay. elevator. <laughs> um, I'll try to incorporate it more naturally. But uh, here's one thing that will... Don't induce it. That will sound yep. like a joke, but mm. it's true and I won't try to exaggerate my feelings about it. When my son's head began to stick out of my wife's body, crown, I thought I looked at this thing that looked like a head and had human hair on it. Yeah. And I thought to myself, despite the fact that I've lived on Earth my whole life and have read books and have yep. seen videos of birth yep. and went to all the birth class, when the head started to come out, I thought, wow, there's a thing that comes out of a woman's body before the baby that looks like a human head. Even though I yeah. knew the baby came out head first, yes. I was like, well, that can't be it. It just It's something that looks like a head. It's ungettable. Yeah. I mean, you. so it's really, it was beyond certainly my ability to process. So then I was like, then the doctor said, oh, here comes the head. And I was like, oh my God, that's what that is? And so... That's a thought right out of my own brain. Yeah. People have stupid thoughts all the time. Yeah. So I really didn't know that the thing that was very obviously a head yeah. was a head. Yeah. And then, the head and then he pretty thing. quickly came out, and the doctor held him up. And we hadn't found out if it was a boy or a girl. And uh, and the doctor held him up, and she said, look what you had. She didn't say, you had a boy. She said, look what you had. So I had to look at him and look and see his little penis and go, what? Oh, oh, oh my God, that's a penis. Like Normally, I can right? all identify a penis right away. Right, like, I if know, you have yeah. like a penis, a bag of potatoes, yeah, and yeah, yeah. a handgun, I'm going to be like, no, that's a penis. I'm great in, at pota- yeah, in this penis, potatoes, uh, penis IDing. And, but <laughs> in this case i was like i wow it's a boy it's a human boy so yeah and then it was great and one thing i one thought i immediately had was i'm going to die i realized uh, very quickly i began to think about my own death because i had seen life begin and then i was like oh so it's got to end too i would imagine it's really interesting that you say that i i I was uh watching some stuff about myths and all that sort of stuff and a lot of the like primitive trials and rituals and stuff are about the idea that children come in to tell us it's time to go. Mm-hmm. We're also looking at a time when lifespans were much shorter. Sure. So it was much more literal. It's like, mm-hmm. here they are. We have like five more years. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, your mortality is supposed to be reflected to you. I think that's the appropriate mm-hmm. response. And they, they tell you in the birthing classes, they even say like, if you find yourself thinking about death a lot, that's totally normal. Don't worry. Really? Yeah. So I definitely did. Not in a bad way, just like realizing, you know, rather than intellectually, oh, I'm going to die one day. It was like, oh, no, I'm definitely going to die one day and very likely in a place like this nice hospital. You know, wow. so... Um, but it was magnificent. I won't like proselytize. I won't say like, "Hey, go have kids." Uh, but I, and nor do I have anything to add to the canon of you know statements of, of how amazing it is. That, sure. 
and how your life changes. Of course it does. Um, right. And if you want to do it, I recommend it. We're very happy we did. You know, oh, very quickly, my wife was like, we should have another. And I was like, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, sometimes I get into that uh, zone. I've heard about these, uh, what is it called, surrogates that have them. Yeah. And then want to have another one immediately and then yeah. have another one immediately. And it's not like it's not like they enjoy it, but there's something mm-hmm. released. Even you talking about it makes it sound kind of intoxicating and interesting. It sounded like you were standing in the middle of the infinity symbol. You're watching oh, yeah. life and death unfold in the same building, and there's your huge head taking it all in. And you know how some guy, you'll hear people be like, I don't want to look at that. Look away. Yeah. And uh, they're fainting or whatever. Right. Oh, my God, no. It totally felt like beyond magic. Like any blood or whatever that I saw, yeah. it was like, I was like, that's the greatest blood I've ever seen. Yeah. It looked like liquid rubies. I was I, just fascinated. That's great. Yeah. God love you. You're the modern man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I suck, you know, cataclysmically in other areas. Of but, course you do. And but, of course uh, you admit it because you're the modern man. <laughs> but I did enjoy watching my son be born a lot. Fuck you, man. I yeah, want to marry you. You should. You magic man. Imagine or what an oaf our baby would be. <laughs> <laughs> It's first order of business would be to just eat us both. Yes. Like, okay. Here's something mm-hmm. that old Petey Pants thinks about with kids that scares him. Uh-huh. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Is the idea you talk about you see the baby and you go, I'm going to die. Yes. Also, you have this baby that now is the priority. Right. Not only to you, it's also the kind of the priority to your wife. Sure. Chemically. Yes. Almost. Absolutely. She would feed that baby before you. Oh, big time. The that, three of you are should. in a basement and there's not enough. You're dying. You're, you're gone first. Not only are you dying, you really wouldn't even think about it. It wouldn't be heroic. Yes. yes. You'd be like, you know what? Of course. I have a hot, I have access to a fire here and I have this sharp knife. So I can cut off my hand and then I can probably cauterize the wound and that'll feed my baby for like two days. It'll be able to eat the meat. Yeah. Like you'd, Matt, you'd be like, yeah, no problem. And you'd cut your hand off or you'd be like, hey, sweetheart, can you cut my hand off? Right. And you'd both be like, yeah, sure, of course. Because of a series of chemicals in your brain. Oh, yeah. The reason for which we're here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because those exist. Like you would, yeah, the amount, the capacity for, to, for love that you develop is physically painful. It's, you wish it would happen slower. How like your, it's like your rib cage is strained by the growth of your heart. It's, it's quite unsettling actually. Really? Yeah. It's an unpleasant level of love for the baby. Yeah. It's because like, it's probably keeping you up at night. It probably, sure. you're thinking about them uh-huh. right now. I, I, I can feel yeah. you thinking about them. I can see it on your fucking face, yeah. you fucking like, modern yeah. man, gentleman. <laughs> I want to chase you with an oar. I want to hit you in the calves with an oar until you trip on the beach. I'd like that. And then I'll bring you the baby and you can nap as the shore mm. weight washes over you. Thank you. <laughs> wow, that got kind of erotic <laughs> at the I'm, end and I'm, I'm so I'm, sorry. I'm on board. <laughs> okay, what was I saying? Um, Katie? Parenting your fears. <laughs> oh, uh, right. So, mortality. Mm-hmm. And then here, uh, I'm not even, I love your thoughts so much more than my own thoughts. But okay. that's actually a big thing in my life. I like hanging out with people that are better than me. You know what I mean? So I, here, know, I disagree with you that I'm better than you, but I totally agree with you and prefer to surround myself with people yes. that are smarter, faster, and more. Me too. It's hard to, I'm quoting the embarrassing Joel Osteen. Mm-hmm. You know who that is? I do. I love that you know who that is. And I used to be religious and I would read his books and sure. stuff. And he had that thing where he said, it's hard to kick, or, it's hard to soar with the eagles when you're kicking around with the pigeons. Mm. He probably didn't even make it up, but mm-hmm. that really resonated with me. Yeah. And that's why like, I like hanging out with people. I'm like, you're funnier, you're smarter, oh, you're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. better, you're stronger, you're more beautiful, you're more loving, you're more gracious. Yeah, yeah. I can't hang out with people that are just like 
reflecting back my own shit. Yeah. Well, I'm just like, plus, Ugh, yeah. let's go and hate people together. Like Joel Osteen <laughs> says, you know, it rubs off on you. You know, I, Kyle Cease, I remember, wrote a thing about people making fun of Dane Cook yep. on his MySpace page years ago. And it's actually one of my favorite things to read about comedy because he'd be like, he said to some guys who were making fun of Dane Cook, he's like, you know what? If fucking Dane Cook were here and you started doing this about another comic, what he would do is go home and write jokes. Yeah. You know? And I just really like that. Couldn't be bothered to do that. Yeah, why? I agree with that, man. And, and it's not, I'm no saint, you know, and but uh, you, Even I can as fall I into that. the trap of envy but, and bullshit, but you've got to extricate yourself yes. because jealousy gets you nowhere. It's comedy so cancer. I've said it a thousand, I know for a fact I've yeah. said it a thousand times yeah. on the show. Hating and comparing is comedy cancer. No Everyone worst. I know that hated on somebody mm-hmm. and continues to hate on somebody. They stop doing comedy. Oh, yeah. It kills them. One thing that's funny, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, Bill Burr on his Monday morning podcast uh, yesterday went on a rant about alt comedians. Yeah. Have you heard about this? No. Um, it's fun to listen to because he's fun to listen to no matter what he's talking yes, about. I so agree. he just he rails about alternative One of the and best. stuff. And uh, he got a lot of flack for it, and a lot of people were talking about it today. Really? Yeah, and uh, it just made me laugh, because like, if you're wasting time about something that somebody said on a podcast, I mean, if you're deeply right, debating right. you know, the merits of, of then you're definitely not uh, writing jokes. Right. You know? And I just, it's That's silly. interesting to me. I, I'm kind of interested in a world where you're allowed to say that, because maybe Bill felt that way in that moment. Exactly. Like, why... Like, I don't understand why hosts of shows and hosts of podcasts mm-hmm. or anybody for that matter uh, can't say something and be like, that's how I felt at that time. Let's relax. Exactly. I can see your point, yeah, but yeah. that's how I felt in that moment. And I'm going to rant about it or whatever. Well, like Picasso, I one thing that I think about, and this is fucking deeply pretentious, but like, you know, Twitter has 140 characters. It's a limiting thing. Right? Yeah. And I really like that. I like the I idea of, of all those tweet uh, extender things. Yeah. Fuck no you. way. Uh, I like limits and that's a great example because you've got to fine-tune your thing it's a great feeling it when there. it's a twoosh i yeah. believe is that what it's called a twoosh uh when it's it perfect 140, 140 characters. characters that's nice yeah and, uh, doug calls it a twoosh yeah he does yeah, 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 yeah. um so uh but you know like picasso painted in blue for a few years he had his blue period you right know? and like the other day i saw a drawing that picasso did and it was a fish I don't know if he was going in or out of a human woman's vagina, but it was a bizarre thing. You know, yeah. I saw that. I was like, that's Picasso. Oh, my God. You know, and like Picasso, he also did, you know, he studied all the masters before he went bananas into right. cubism and all the crazy right. stuff that he did and the abstract stuff. And uh, I just think that like when people attack a comic, like it's happened to Bill Burr today. It happened to Dane Cook not too long ago. It happened to Patton Oswalt when he went off right. of the thing. Um, Tracy Morgan. Are you saying... That that's the fish in the vagina? I'm saying like, that those things that the people went after, the the things that they latched onto and like let out the dogs, you know, on the internet and stuff, and blogs, where are they're going after the thing that they said to incite those people is uh, the fish in the vagina. Yes. And the thing is, is like, Picasso, no, I'm sorry, he painted a lot of paintings. Sometimes he painted fishes going in and out of vaginas. You yes. know? And thank God he did, because he, with that, then, you know, painted we're just, Guernica after that. You've right. got to, we're, you're working, if words are your brush and your paint, then you've got to practice. You've got to paint a fucking car wreck yeah. so that you can paint the beautiful interiors of the, some amazing chapel. The path to a good painting is 
uh, paved with fish vagina. Absolutely. That's exactly right. I forgot that that was tr- that, that is old, in our history that quote. <laughs> yeah, that many theses well, have we're, been written. We're, you know, I think about this all the time uh, in the sense that, like, sometimes I feel bad for people who are any any sort of ideology that they have yeah. to they have to toe to. Uh, right. Of course, in my life, I grew up with a lot of pastors and, and yes. people that were in the church. Yeah. And it was hard for me to get really, really uh, get a lot of juice from them because they aren't allowed by the institution that employs them to say certain things. Right. For example, if you wanted to, you'd have to find a pretty cool pastor that would be willing publicly to be like, let's let's say Jesus didn't physically die and rise from the dead. Right. That would be against the policy. Yeah, be that would duty. be like, the only way I can relate to that, that would be like me saying, <laughs> Uh, something disparaging about E-Trade. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because I do those commercials. Sure. So I'd be worried about losing my job or right. whatever. Right. So I wouldn't do it. So yeah. that's an area I can't go in. Yeah. But they're in an area of spirituality and truth and pursuit, and they're not allowed to say these things because they yeah. have to toe a certain line. Right. And actually, I'm not putting them down. I have sympathy for that yeah. because that's an inability to paint the fish vagina. Yes. We as comedians, I think, should be stepping out and making a lot of big fucking mistakes and right. failing harder yeah. and painting more grotesque, weird things with good intentions or right. i'm not just trying to creep anybody out with my fish vagina yeah. i'd like to sh- have that be in my attic and yeah. have rob delaney see it and be like oh before pete got to that great bit he had yeah. this one bit about fucking rubber ass dicks yeah, yeah. or whatever yeah yeah and be like oh it doesn't matter that's mm-hmm. how he got there exactly because he's not here to fucking censor himself yeah so superman word no snort it let's exactly. do some sets I, I was going to bring it back to the thing about babies, but what I don't feel like we finished, did we? Uh, for my tastes, we did. On if you have topic? questions, yeah, I don't have anything bubbling up in me about babies that I need to No, say. I had one about the baby. Oh, but okay. I, what was this tangent? I don't even remember. Um, fish vaginas, I love people flamming on comics, and uh, oh, the yeah, necessity yeah. of... Good know. job. Yeah. Good memory. Good short term. I like that. Your arm is fucking hairy. It's man. pretty hairy. It's as hairy as uh, one time Moshe Kasher and I took pictures of our arms side by side, and then yeah, you'd look like uh, who's hairier? Yeah, we're both very hairy. You look like two Yetis. We do two little Yetis. When we hug, it takes like twenty minutes to peel us apart. Ah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, this is the question I had. You see the baby? You remind you're reminded of your own death. Yeah. This is the thing. Remember? Oh, this is how we got on this Joel Osteen tangent. Mm-hmm. Was that I like to hang out with people that are better. And what I'm okay. saying is, I feel like your thoughts are better in the subject. You feel, I feel like you have the, the juice and the three dimensions and you're seeing life and death and beauty. And here I am. Yeah. Allow me to be here eating a can of fucking beans. Sure. And I'm in my bachelor pad. Yeah. And I go, but yeah, you have a baby and you can't pursue your dreams. Right. I don't I, like that thought. I understand but that's in there. that. I mean, you know, like Jim Gaffigan, you know, does he have four kids? Louis C.K. has two. You know, you... Um, in another thing, you, because, uh, oh, go ahead. here's one thing. I mean, here I am today and I'm very fortunate to have, you know, uh, an income from doing comedy. That's all I do now. You know, I write it, I perform it, I write it in various capacities, I perform it in various capacities. And as such, I'm able to buy food and pants and things like that. And, and you don't have to cut your hand off. And I don't have to cut my hand off yet. And so but like two <laughs> yeah. years ago, is it two? Yeah, it's a, like two and a half years ago. You know where I was. Oh, let's was, finish that story. So, you know, I was in a tough spot, and I didn't know how to get from there I to here. I remember this walk, man. And in between there and here, 
I had a my wife had a baby. You yeah. Know I mean? So it's, it's so for me, it's been like it's forced me to uh, spend my time better. You mm-hmm. know, it's forced me to when I open my mouth, I better not waste anyone's time. I talk about things that I care about. I don't talk about things that I don't. And so, yeah, sure, some social things have fallen by the wayside, but I'm at peace with that. And, uh, you know, professionally, things have improved for me since I've had a baby. You're prioritized. Oh, and I feel funnier since I got married and had a baby because the, like, stakes are higher, you know? Yeah. uh, No, it's a cliche, but you kind of know what you're fighting for. Not, I don't even mean providing for your baby. I mean, you've gotten a glimpse into life. You seen a you little see something. what's happening. You got a little, uh, little beyond. Yeah. So, uh, so I say, and also I say this in retrospect. I didn't, of course, know that you know having becoming a dad and uh, career success would would come kind of around the same time. But um, I kind of forgot what I was saying. It's uh, lovely. I uh, did want you to finish the the South by Southwest story, South 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 which oh, was but, part oh, of that. Oh, what I was going to say is, I'm saying this in retrospect because you, as a guy, like I was very afraid before my wife got pregnant. When we were trying to, then when she was pregnant, I was scared again. I was like, yeah. oh, how, how is this going to work out? And in a woman, yes. they biologically their bodies are saying, "Have a kid," you know. And then once it's in their body gestating, they're like, "Oh my god, I'm developing a relationship with this person. I love mm. this little whatever it is," you know. And still, for the dad, it's great. He's watching his wife pregnant, and that's fascinating and awesome and neat. But it's not; it's still not in your body. So then, the change for men happens after they see the baby, after they see and touch and smell and change some diapers hmm. and get to know it a little bit. Then you're as in it as the mom, really. You know, hopefully, uh, if you're not a fucking piece of garbage yeah so i don't think we're stepping on any toes that we care about if we say that oh yeah no <laughs> you're no, like no. A dad that's like Fuck well that. that's the thing is is now i fucking hate like dads who split on their kids or or get a woman pregnant and then they're like oh whoa, adios yeah. because it's so hard and my wife and i do it together it's still so hard that a guy who would leave a woman to do that on her own mm. is shit the end mm. fuck that guy you know, I hope he can somehow find a way to get back in the picture, you know, and reconcile with whatever's wrong with him. <laughs> I saw such a pure, beautiful, it actually was kind of lovely rage, this dad rage. Yeah, yeah. And then I watched you pull the nose up just a little bit. Yeah, to yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I hope that guy can get back in the picture because you're kind. Well, no, here's the deal. Also, people, I also am of the belief, like, I like people, you know, believe it or not, and I think that they can change. You can go from fucking being a scout. You can do bad things all the <laughs> Sorry, time. I just got the image of some guy in his car <laughs> listening to this podcast yeah. and he just fucking pulls the most meaningful <laughs> Yui of his life because but, of this. Yeah, no, all I'm saying, I am of the belief that it's never too late, you know, and mm. things can be reconciled and wrongs can be righted and mistakes can be turned you around. You just know, I, I, I hear your point, it's such a fucking tremendous undertaking that requires the full participation of two people. Yeah, and the rewards are amazing. When, yeah. you're, when you have a baby that is two months old right and it's this tiny thing and needs everything and you're like oh my god i can't um even handle how tired i am Mm -hmm. you know 
and then your baby falls asleep, right? And you're like, okay, I, I'm going to take the nap that I so desperately need. And then you go to walk to your bed to take that nap. But you pass your baby's crib. Then you'll just stand there for a half an hour staring at it and sniffing it. And then it'll wake up and you'll be like, oh, shit, I missed that nap. But you don't even care because uh, you got to smell your baby. And they smell good. And it was like at peace and yeah. sleepy. Oh, yeah. so, ah. so, the, so the thing is, it's, it's as hard. Having a baby is as hard as being in jail or getting hit by a car absolutely uh or losing a loved one it's that fucking hard and awful but it has the rewards that totally cancel all that shit out so i love that story man <laughs> that's gorgeous that's, that's literally gorgeous because i love sleep so you're really talking my language i love sleep so much if, if sleep were a person mm-hmm. i would suck its genitals even mm. i wouldn't care if it was a pussy or a cock mm, and suck who cares? it let it come all over my face get in there its well butt. now it's fucking definitely oh. a dick it became a dick oh, in there. i would take it i would be like what restaurant do you like and then i would take it to the equivalent of that restaurant in paris and then i <laughs> and then i would eat its ass I would lick its ass. I was like, why why are you downgrading the rat? Oh, in Paris. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so we're as we're I'm sure your listeners know we're recording in a comic book store yeah. and we're kind of in a loft and you can see through windows into it. I think uh Michael Ironside just walked in. Uh the Who's actor. there? Uh he's a tough guy actor. He was in total recall. Uh he just got on uh another show. I forgot. Anyway, he's a super badass guy. Michael Ironside, look him up. I do love Total Recall. Happening, dude. I love that movie. They're remaking it. They shouldn't. Get your ass to mods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. Sorry. Schwarzenegger. So good. Uh, lovely answer. Where Thanks. were we? God. Fear of baby. Yeah. And then what that can mean. Um, yes. I would tell you what. I wouldn't go back in a second to being a non-dad. Not that I didn't have fun and had a great time, you yes. know, uh, but I wouldn't go back. And uh, Well, let's talk about the South by Southwest story. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I'd be lying if I said I hope I didn't tell you something worth hearing. No, you really did. And 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 the phrase, the sound bite that I'll begin with, the poll quote said was, yeah, was you said, you know, you you said to me, you you keep doing this, you're good at this, you can have a career, you are going to get to the point where this is going to be uh, your full time career, and you said it's nothing until it's something. And you told me that you would be going to shows and going to auditions and writing and fucking didn't have a nickel. And then one day it like all clicked into place and uh, it worked out and it never. And from that moment forward, it just kept working out. And so you told me this right. phrase that I kind of hung on to, which was it's nothing until it's something. Yeah. And for me, that happened, even though I pounded the pavement like any other son of a bitch for a very long time, pursuing yep. all the classical avenues, you know, the, the when it all started to hit. It kind of came quickly, and so so you were correct, and that made me very happy. Yeah, I you know um, as everyone knows who listens to the show, I repeat myself a lot. I'm sure I've said that on the show before, and I actually said that to my dad because there was something interesting. And you tell your family about like an opportunity that yeah. could happen, and I always buffer it with like it's nothing until it's something, right? But like what I like about the way I said it to you is we were in the trenches of nothing, yeah. And then you go, it really is this overnight success sort of thing. Yeah, a great Janine Garofalo quote, or, or it might be Marin, 
said it takes 10 years to make an overnight success. Absolutely. And that's exactly how it would feel being yeah. on the outside. Mm-hmm. You're in the car, your body. You're in that experience. You're right. watching time go slowly. Yeah. You're feeling every rejection. Mm-hmm. As you go now, you're starting to forget some of them. Totally. Some of them aren't even anecdotes. Yeah. You won't even know yeah. them. But yeah. in the real-time experience of it, it's enough to make you go crazy Absolutely. and want to quit. And I'm very grateful that we had that talk because you are good enough. You do deserve it, and you're very talented and very funny and i did believe that you would ha- have it happen thank you yeah and fucking what was it twitter <laughs> um you know it's so silly to say but it really that that helped out so much because i was submitting to every show uh trying to get hired and i did get pretty far i'd get to the host's desk and they'd be like yeah it's funny but then they'd hire rick we're talking about monologue jokes yeah and uh and sketches and all that stuff and so so they'd hire rick that, yeah, I'm just using that. Oh, name. I see. I, I was like, I like there... the name Rick, uh-huh, uh, but uh-huh, you know what I mean. Like uh-huh. they would hire, like, oh well, he's that guy's brother, or whatever, right? Or you know, sure. So, and so uh, I was had just packet after packet. I had so many jokes. Can I, I just interject and say that it is strange how most jobs I've gotten people are like, how do you do that? You talk about Rick being someone's brother. Yeah, it's someone's brother. It's someone you met at a party. It's yeah. someone who knew you from this. It's someone you remind them of something. There's so many. Actors, yeah. it's crazy that any of us did anything, I know. and then at the same time, it's kind of like easier to do anything. Yeah, Go well, it, it, you put the energy out. You have to put whatever, however many fucking caloric hectares of sweat mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. into the universe, and then mm-hmm. it comes back from a different place. So yeah. it might be like cloaked in cronyism or something, but in fact, you did work for it. Sure, a lot, a lot of times. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes and you, you know just what get I actually think. You. you know what I, 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 I was. Uh, fuck it. I'm not going to qualify. This is what I think is the idea that like. Uh, the Old Testament mm-hmm. of your life is all the hustle yeah, and the yeah, grit yeah. and the killing the priests of Baal. That's totally. a good reference. Yeah. All the blood, yeah, all the yeah, wrath yeah. and the, the pain, all this stuff. And then one day it's the New Testament. Yeah. And suddenly you're going around Galilee. You know Platitudes, what I mean? Attitudes, beatitudes. Yes, and, yeah. and all the classics. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. to say there isn't a lot of great stuff in the Old Testament. Yeah. There are religions built upon it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there seems to be this break and suddenly you're you, – and, and I, 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 please nobody misunderstand me and think that I think that comedians are like, Christ, I'm just saying there, it, it turns out. And then you forget some of those stories. Some of that woe that you went through yeah. is now buried in yeah. the book of Malachi. Yeah. And who reads that uh, yeah, ever? Right. No one yeah. is the answer. No one. Yeah, and then oh god, why would you? Except for uh, nostalgia, to only so you feel better. Yeah, every well. once in a while, remember Malachi and remember some of that torment you went through. <laughs> so tell me, how did it start? Uh, what what happened? Were you tweeting when we had that conversation? Uh, yeah, I was. We were all had joined Twitter. I joined Twitter a little over three years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, so I. Uh, what happened is Graham Linehan, his name's Glinner on Twitter, he found me kind of early on and he retweeted me a few times. I was going to ask who your big retweets Yeah, he were. was my big guy. And How many he, falls did he have? Um, well, he, when I first started, I think he had something like 60,000, uh-huh. which in the, which back then was more, Huge. was multi-millions yeah, now, yeah. you know, and so... Uh, so he retweeted me a few times and told a few big British comedians about me, and that really helped. Yeah. And, uh, and then he hired me. He hired me to write on one of his shows in, in England. The IT crowd uh, hired me via satellite to write for that. Really? And so I was sort of like a story consultant, just trying to help him think up ideas, and uh, that was amazing. And then I got a job writing for a show at MTV. But yeah, both of them were like, "Yeah, we enjoyed your tweets," because I decided so to. Cool, it's so man. Sad. Like now, you can 
almost say that without people being like, fucking what? You know, like, but back right. then, people, you'd almost be like, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Everybody. I just secret. did uh, Justin Licks Pilot and Megan Amram is yeah. there. And I'm just like, yep, yeah. from yeah. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Hello. No, yeah. nobody batting an eye, at least maybe in this town. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, yeah. What yeah. a fucking magical thing, and it's oh, in your it's pocket bananas. right while well, it's on the table. Your phone's mm. on the table right yeah. now. This magical portal that you shovel these little jokes in. Yeah. And I'd like to encourage people listening, people interested in comedy, get your Twitter game. Step your Twitter game up. For real. You don't know what's going to happen. It's not the only thing, and you've got to branch out into long-form stuff. You must. You know, yeah. You've got to perform live. Well, but You can't have one iron in the fire. Exactly. But I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that I was a uh, short joke writer until I started doing that. And again, and this is something I can only identify in retrospect, but from uh, sort of from the beginning, I decided to keep my Twitter j- just jokes, you know, I, mm-hmm. rather than a lot of back and forth or uh, just self-promotion. You keep the feed clean. Yeah, I tried to keep it mostly jokes, so I tried to prune the uh, Yeah, the do bush. you add reply to people and then delete it? I do, yeah. Does that work? They see it? Yeah, yeah. I, I del- does well, it delete I, I'll leave from- it up for a little bit. Oh, does it delete from theirs when you delete it too? It does. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, and I do that because I would love to have some magical archive where we can keep that going and our yeah. treasured conversation can live forever. <laughs> but the fact is, is I do want my thing to be a place where somebody can go and laugh and see and 50 jokes, it, you know? So yes. I, it, when I wasn't getting hired on shows, I would decided, oh, I'm going to show people that I write jokes all the time. Uh, they don't have to think that I'm funny, but they do have to know that I write a lot of jokes. They have to see the work ethic, right. you know, and hopefully they think I'm funny. And so Was that a deliberate choice? I believe you said something about that. Maybe I heard you say it in person where you were like, I'm going to do this many a day. Like you hit some sort of goal. <laughs> kind of Joel Osteen of you being like, this is what I'm going to be doing. Right. I, doing I, you know, I don't know if I ever had like a number goal or whatever. I sort of do it more now uh just because i'm always thinking about jokes plus i'm writing a book now so i'm just trying to not like censor myself thought wise you mm-hmm. know if something isn't funny i'll vagina delete fish. it vagina yeah fish. vagina fish um it's a cool little drawing too i should buy the vagina fish not like the real thing but like a print of it or whatever well yeah now that it represents what exactly. it represents I know. um but yeah, so now I just try to keep it keep it rolling, and if people like it, great. Yep. You know, and if they don't, that's okay too. That's great. So people hired you from your Twitter. They man. did. I love that world. I love this world. I mean, this world. I'm looking at it like I don't <laughs> belong in it. I know. But what a fun fucking thing, man! It's cool, and it's a meritocracy. You mentioned Me- Megan Amram. You know, she's also great. She's unbelievable. Who are these freaks? Shelby's coming on the show. We'll get Megan oh, on the show. Yeah, they're these are fucking weirdo freaks. And You're a freak. Yeah, and oh, I without love question. It. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah, but there are, there are examples of people like, we shouldn't know who they are. Shelby's in college. Megan just graduated. Yeah. Okay? We shouldn't know who they are. No. Thank God we do. And we do. Yeah. And it's this like thing that's going to mine and find people that don't that have this wonderful comedic instinct oh, and yeah. not want to put themselves on YouTube. Yeah. They don't want to be seen. Right. Shelby doesn't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Like, that's her whole thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, at least her persona. Well, she's misshapen. Have you, have you yeah, seen her? Yeah, she is I a mean, she's beast. not. Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> she, she's a lovely girl. I, I, I was actually just talking to Berbiglia. Uh-huh. Uh, Penny is dropped. Yeah. And, uh, and he, we had like a 10-minute conversation that would have blown Shelby's mind, which yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Berbiglia shouldn't know who she is, and I he know. does. No, he's and great. they're chums now, and she wrote a paper about him in college. Oh, neat. And now they're chums. Now we're talking. Chums. <laughs> Welcome to 2012, weirdos. Here this we is are. the best. Oh, shit. Isn't 2012 the name of the Mars restaurant in Times Square? Or near it. Oh my God! Or is it three thousand twelve? 
Who even knows? I'll tell you who knows. The owner of that horrible he Times Square restaurant. You know that because you go into VH1? I had a friend who worked there, and he when we, we were in college, and he got a girl pregnant. And, and I, he I left just her? Remember that Fuck today. that guy. No, he totally I'm fucking stayed. Teasing. Yeah, anyway. It's the right season he for was teasing. Let me, before we go to my, my secret favorite subject, which is so many people's least favorite subject, mm-hmm. I wrote down the South by Southwest thing as barbecue crisis. Yeah. Because we I ate the most that. fattening shit. And then that's like not the right food to eat mm-hmm. when you're like not sure where your life is going. But it often ends up being the food you eat when you're not sure where your I life know. is going. Huge head, Twitter persona, wife thoughts, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good, Pete. Yep. Good interview skills, uh-huh. baby. Barbecue crisis blowing up. Talk about what that feels like what does that even fucking mean first tweet do you know your first big tweet you know somebody asked me to look it up the other day and i did and i said like i'm about to go on stage in minneapolis after i finish this tuna melt as i believe what your it was. first tweet yeah i don't know my first tweet what's your biggest tweet uh fave retweet uh, wise i don't know you look it up on uh, Fave. But yeah i can find out um Let's, yeah while we're talking, um, yeah, I'm sure it's something topical that I don't like because it's like this super is going to be interesting. Nailed to, uh, uh, well, it, I should be killing time while you look. No, oh, okay, we're great. not us both looking. <laughs> uh, vagina fish, man. You can edit out when we hem and haw like this shit. Right? Yeah, we don't edit, but, but you don't. Okay, we just great. don't do it. Fantastic. You know why? Because this is the real stuff. Feel yeah, this the hot stuff. Feel the way we feel right now. <laughs> this is the real shit. I'm going to look at my favorite, too. My most recent one, Mm -hmm. not doing so good. Five faves, two retweets, very bad, given the numbers. (laughs) Uh, Guys, when Eric eats a banana, he becomes Banana Man. How many more times do I have to say it? (laughs) Do you know that cartoon from Nickelodeon? Oh, Banana Man loved it. When Eric eats a banana, he becomes Banana Man. Yeah. And then I just, I didn't even make a joke. That's not a good example of Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. Okay. Ooh. Oh, I didn't know my biggest one. My biggest one. Oh, shit. You know what I did? What's that? I'm going to tell an embarrassing story Lay about Twitter. Me. First, the tweet. If you ever go up for a high five and it's not reciprocated, an easy way to avoid awkwardness is to say a quick Heil Hitler. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I wrote that in Madison, Wisconsin. I was there for the weekend and I was drunk and it was like four in the morning. Let that, okay. let that show to go you that it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, you talk about a primetime tweet. 4 a.m. Here's where it gets embarrassing. Okay. I'm very proud of that tweet. Yeah. Uh, TJ Miller retweeted it, right which on. I appreciate, and that helps. He has yeah. a lot more followers than I do. And then I just get to thinking, I'm like, fuck it, man. I'm going to call Jesselneck and tell him to retweet it. Nice. So I called him and said, retweet my last tweet. And yeah, he yeah. said, fucking A. He goes, I'll do it, but you have to go online and tell me how many retweets it gets. Like, I want to f- know the power of oh, the Jesselnik cool. retweet. And we had a fun time, and over uh, 15 minutes, I just kept going, another 10 retweets. It has 286 faves, 559 retweets. Oh, that's great. Huge. The ne- the runner-up, the one where I didn't ask Jesselnik to retweet yeah. it, or TJ, 6,903. Right. Way off. We're looking at 600 versus 100. Okay. Very bad. But... I'm in that frustrating place. Not it's not that fr- I don't really give a shit, but like my some of my best tweets are lost cuz oh, like for sure. they're just gone forever. Yeah. No, that definitely happens where you you're like, "Oh, the ones that I think are the funniest definitely people." Like yeah. for example, my most popular joke apparently is uh it's a classic joke structure. It's uh This is number 1? Yeah. You well, it's not number 1, but it's the number one one that's a joke. Oh, like okay. above that I have like like one of the most popular ones I did is RT if you're fat and stupid Love and it. a million people did, yeah. including Lily Allen. Who that? She's a 
British pop star who has over 3 million followers. Holy shit. So here's the top one that's a joke, which is uh, you've really got to hand it to short people because they often can't reach it. I didn't even need the second part. I was la- yeah. I was I was re- if you had paused, <laughs> I would have been like great. And the Perfect tweet. second most popular classic. Wait, give me joke. the numbers. Give me the numbers. Uh, that one has 950 faves. Yeah. And 2,219 <laughs> retweets. <laughs> You're the captain of Fuck Off Mountain. That's uh, great. Read me, read me another one. This one is uh, Chinese babies must be like fuck when they fi- realize they're going to have to learn Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great about your tweets? What's that? They're funny. Just in principle, literally, if you were like, Chinese babies must be like, fuck, I would have been okay with that. That would have been funny to me, because what does that mean? <laughs> Similarly, they were both funny at the midpoint and the end. Well, thanks. Yeah, well done. Want to hear my, this is my favorite, and it's yes. it, because it doesn't have the Jessel tornado. <laughs> Man to taxidermist, how many bags of sob- sawdust in this flamingo and this skunk? <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> taxidermist, two in the pink, one in the stink. Yeah! Come on, oh, come on, so come on! You, yeah, you, you gave me a Delaney. Oh, cool. You enjoyed it in the middle and yeah, at the oh, end. No, it was you magnificent. Just, you were watching. Well, taxidermy is so fun. Yes. Um, also, I have a joke. I, I don't know how but, uh, where I did some time ago where I was like talking about like if you're with your therapist, you know, yeah. it can be soothing to put two in the pink and one in your shrink. Ah, <laughs> is, ah, that's good. gross. Good. Do 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 uh, do one more at least. Oh, oh, here this one I just did, and it's already one of my most popular ones. Uh, Ch- Dick Cheney got a heart transplant yes. the other day. So yes. I wrote, I heard a nurse's hand slipped and touched Cheney's original heart, and she transformed into a spider goat and ate two babies in the maternity ward uh, so, spider goats spider goats you gotta have fun and here this is fun <laughs> you gotta have fun <laughs> that's you, great well you gotta have fun with cheney yes but uh and i it, tweeted let's throw cheney's old heart into a volcano and see what happens yes. and then just watched uh, a couple of hours. i you know i tweeted it and i was like i bet someone else has done that yeah and then i was like i can't be checking i know right tweeted it and then, of course, I was a little late. Like, yeah, I was yeah, four yeah. hours into it, and I was yeah. like, it's one of the first things people tweeted. Yeah, people need to chill out. People need to relax. Uh, well, I, I will say this. That is where the boys are separated from the men, and ladies are separated from the girls, which is in topical stuff, there's a finite number of stuff that of you course. can hit, right? It's like so the New Yorker the, captured The truly this. funniest things, like the stuff that's going to be like, you're like, that's kind of a signature joke right. that you're going to be proudest of, is never going to be topical. It's yeah. always going to be something personal that you yeah. really, you're like, I had to say. This. That's why I knew I tweeted. I was like, I don't normally do topical stuff, but I had that thing where I was like, I haven't tweeted in a while. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to try and tweet. And I just read tweets and they were like, oh, che- like news tweets. They were yeah. like, Cheney's heart. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll, do, I'll do something about that. That's it's kind of like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> do you want to do one more? And then sure, we'll I'll, I'll wrap it up one more, which is uh, this is something, this is a type of thing that I think about a lot. Um, a neck tattoo used to say, watch out, motherfucker. Now it says, I'd love to read you a poem about my vegan bicycle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, let's clarify. I would go to a show where you read your tweets, but your show, your live shows are not. You do stand. Uh, they're not. Yeah, and and that's fine. I mean, like here we're doing this, and this is fun, and you know. But uh, when you're performing live, uh, I don't think that. It's better to engage. You should yeah. be holding nothing in your hands other than a microphone and yeah. and talking to people's faces. You didn't do any for the encore or anything? Nope. Um, because 
It, well, I've performed. Like I said, I've sang the national anthem. I've traveled the country doing Camelot. I've yeah. done stand up for years. You know, improv, comedy, all kinds of stuff. Since I was a little kid, you know. So, I feel like there are things that unify uh, all types of live performance, and the main characteristic is that it's an honest transaction between living human beings and the audience is so fucking important that if mm. it's something that they could read at home, let them read it at home mm. and give them something that they paid money that they earned at their jobs to come see you know what right. I mean? so that's that's how i feel about that not the, that i don't enjoy reading tweets. Yes, i love it the, I, you know, writing i meant to say writing i yeah. would actually suggest if i were your mm-hmm. stupid manager yep. Vern, mm-hmm. let's call him <laughs> if i were Vern, i would say you do your act you come out for an encore and you read tweets uh-huh that's wow. what i would do and you just do 10 best ofs and they'll mm-hmm. lose their shit <laughs> that's what dimitri does dimitri does his new hour and then he comes out and he does requests no shit and it's begrudging uh-huh. and it's stupid Huh. And and he probably shares the same philosophy. Yeah, and he does. I think ninety minutes, and then okay. does it. I think you, I, I think you could do it, and I bet you'd enjoy it. I'm not trying to improve your show. I'm trying to improve your life. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I bet you would enjoy that. Now that you need help. Uh, well, the final the final topic is always God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you grew up in Marblehead. Yes. What is that? Catholic area. Uh, you know, it's funny. It has, I think, it has three or four synagogues in town, uh, one Catholic church and Episcopal. So, I mean, it's a mix. It's a mix. Yeah, mix big, bag. Big, big mix. What was your fam? Catholic, Catholic, all fam. the way. That's yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know if that's weird. It's just interesting uh, that I guess that I suppose Marblehead okay. could have yeah. been Episcopal. Could have been. And what 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 re- remains? Do you have the Catholic guilt? Do you have the? Any- um, it was a fun place to come from. Like I wouldn't go back and not be from a Catholic background. Right. Well, you have a baby. Are you going to teach baby that uh, Jesus died for baby sins? No, I don't think um, organized. (laughs) (laughs) Katie laughed. I thought it was quite funny. And you were just like, well, did Jesus die for baby sins? You know, my wife was holding our baby the other day and like was like looking at me and she points at the baby and she goes, he's never done anything wrong. Yeah. We were like, whoa. Isn't that weird. No, we're going to have to teach him. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, there's got to be some philosophers that would be like, neither of either of you, and just Ooh. walked away, and you're like, oh, wow. my God. Sm- and then it smells like myrrh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so what remains? Yeah, so I don't, I don't think we will, uh, just because... Uh, you haven't talked about it? We do talk about it, because, you know, there's something out there, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. and... Uh, but uh, we neither of us believe in like a a, a deity, like a a, a god that was created living. in man's image. You yeah. know, uh, the lifeguard god reading y- your thoughts, watching your actions. Squat. Yeah. So Jesus is happening, yeah. and and great. But uh, you know, organized Christianity and any of the any of the Abrahamic religions don't really appeal to me. Hmm. I like the Buddha. Um, I don't. I wouldn't call myself an atheist. I don't. You know, believe in a god that says things and has a beard and right. you know gets has human emotions or any of that bananas stuff. But I think that there's something going on. You yeah, know, I think we're all plugged in. And I just take it back to like physics or whatever. You know, it's like you can't extinguish life. You know, things turn into other things. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just think that you know, and for every uh, action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So that translates pretty well to karma so i think that science and uh 
and the uh, other, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. coexist pretty well. Oh, that's great. So That's interesting. You think that the other is almost like uh, the great response to all the science stuff. Yeah. No, and I think that they that's g- interesting. dovetail beautifully, frankly. And any religion or any spirituality that didn't stand up to scrutiny and scientific thought and analysis, would do, I would not be interested in. Well, this, is, this, is, this actually brings fish vagina back quite nicely. Okay. That sentence never been said before. <laughs> is the idea that I think fish vagina belongs in religion more than anywhere. Like the idea, mm-hmm. what I hear coming from you is, is, an, is an interest mm-hmm. and an open heart and an open mind, which I, I think is great. And the idea that you're looking at all of it and, and wrestling with it and also getting atheism in there, which is, I think is a really interesting thing to mix in and see how you feel about it and getting science in there, of course, which is kind well, of Well, atheism part now, of atheism. if I could just say quickly, is kind Please. of like a religion with its own dogma. We get in and, a lot of trouble for saying that. Yeah. And I so, can't, I can't, uh, big articulate. capital A atheists. I'd really, I think you're talking about a specific kind of atheist. Yeah. There are a lot of atheists that take issue, and I'm trying to represent them in this moment. Sure. That they're not religious or dogmatic. They're just trying to look at things as they right. are. And if like you're you... setting the rules and you're saying, I, this is what they say. You're saying, I believe in God. And to them, that's like a make believe thing. And then you're defining me by saying, I don't believe in that make believe thing. Right. And that's unfair. Right. Because the atheist is saying, I believe in these things that you can see and measure and touch right. and taste. Yeah. Anyway, I did my best atheist. Sure, sure. And it, but if you, you if you waste a lot of breath on that, then you're very like the subject that you perceive yourself Well, I, I, I know the militant atheists as well. Yeah, so I'd like to go on record saying that militant capital A atheists who waste a lot of oxygen on it, I think, are silly people. And I'd, I'd like that to be recorded and, and written down somewhere. <laughs> Um, they're, they're to me they're as silly as any kind of fundamentalist Christian who's saying here's what I think here's right. why you should think it you know proselytizing it makes me sick no matter what kind it is so believe what you believe uh, you know let it inform your behavior but we're bringing baby in you're, you're kind of the first person uh, that we've had on the show that has a baby okay. you're not going to tell baby heaven hell you're not going to tell the devil told you to steal that candy bar no certainly not no yeah. I mean because I sure I believe in heaven and hell but they're here right now you know hell yeah. is when you do a bad thing and then you feel terrible immediately because you did it or <laughs> Sorry. Or, Can we edit that out? <laughs> or, you know, if somebody gets hurt, you know, I mean, so we've, I mean, I've been in hell in this life and in heaven, you know, and so I, I don't think that you have to worry about what happens after your life. And I don't yeah. really have any idea what happens then. Right. Uh, do you, are you hopeful that something happens or do you think it'll just be I'll, lights to out? To be honest, I do hope that it, it that there's an element of lights out. I suspect that we'll go on a somewhere or another. I don't think it'll be a nice tea party where we're all flowing white robes or in flames. I don't think it'll be like a human consciousness thing. And frankly, one of my greatest fears is that I would be conscious with this consciousness forever. Like what yeah. could be that great? Yeah. So I do hope that my thinking and feeling and wanting and needing are <laughs> extinguished or assimilated by something. I think, yes. I think what will remain is... Is almost that uh, unattainable real you? Yeah. Like all the construct, all the constructs of uh, your wants and desires. Yeah. You, I want to do comedy. I want to eat this burger. All that sure. stuff will go away, and what would be left? Hopefully, if we're playing this game of afterlife yeah. and essence and soul going on, it would just be you. And you know I think what would, that would be, be really fun, cool? and and it strikes me as so fun that maybe it's what really happens. What if we were up there in a cloud and we're moisture, and then now we're individual raindrops rocketing yeah. through the stratosphere and then down through the atmosphere, and then and then we'll hit the ocean and then we'll become a part of that again. That'd yeah. be kind of cool, right? Because then you're like still part of everything, but you're not. You get mixed up and mingled with other stuff. Yeah, like, like urine. 
Well, I, I am interested in the idea of the of the love force, the binding thing. Love being a too simple of a word, as Duncan would say, too uh-huh. simple of a word. But the being creation, being life itself, and kind of never being able to leave that, coming right. back to it in another way. Yeah. Dan Natterman though has a great bit about reincarnation, where he's like, uh, "I hope it's not true because the chances of me being born again in America." Uh- very slim. Right. Numerically, very slim. Totally. You're going to be in one of those countries that Americans don't care about. I used to think <laughs> when I was younger, I used to always think that I was like, how the fuck did I get born here now yes. as a white man, I had English speaker, like in a world with penicillin and yes. fucking plumbing? How did that yeah. happen? Insane. Yeah. And your baby yeah. will probably live to be 150 years old. It's possible. It's a good chance, based on how things are going. Or the world will end this year. Right. Oh, my God. I heard a thing the other day that makes sense. The Gregorian calendar, when it was developed, didn't account for leap years. So, in fact, it's, we're already well into 2013. I'm sorry, the Mayan calendar. So, really, 2012 isn't even real. Really? And this argument, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. You know what's so fucking either the worst or the best about me? What's that, that actually did relieve me and delight me. Oh, I heard it, and I was like, oh, I'm so susceptible Well, because there's also self-fulfilling prophecies, you know right. what I mean? So Well... Again, Duncan Trussell. What's his name? The big uh, mushroom guy. Fuck. Leary? Leary. Yeah. I thought I was wrong. I had Leary and I thought he said that on a mushroom trip, independent from the Mayan thing, yeah. that these beings told him the same date. Oh, uh, well. Which I believe is December. It doesn't matter. Some, but that would be a self-fulfilling prophecy. He didn't remember that he had heard it because right. he had destroyed some part of, of his brain course. with drugs. Of course. I mean? <laughs> well, so. yeah, I mean, as much as I enjoy his theories, that's completely possible as a flawed human being that that could have happened. Yeah. Fucking A, man. You're great. You are. I had no. a lot of fun. Thanks for being the fucking weird guy rowing this boat. Pretty weird. I'm <laughs> really glad you came in. I had fun. Uh, will you please, uh, it's up to you, say keep it crispy. That's how we end the show. If the guests will say keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. <laughs> you did it so fucking serious. <laughs> and your eyes kind of did something they hadn't done this whole time. They went into a space that was just yours. I wanted to honor it. You did honor it. <laughs> you were a vessel. And now we can play ball. Ah, here fucking we go. A. Rob Delaney on Twitter. Thanks, Pete. Bye-bye. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 